Double Play Sports. I'm James alongside Pat. Uh, this is episode 18 of our podcast. It's uh, our analysis of the first week of Major League Baseball. It was so good to have baseball back. And so let's talk about it. Let's start with some news. There have been some major injuries this week, including seeing Fernando Tatis Jr., Tim Anderson, Cody Bellinger, Cattell Marte, Cabrian Hayes, among others, hit the IL early in the season. There were a few trades this week. The first one we're going to talk about is the Yankees acquiring Rugnet Odor, who was put on waivers after the Rangers made their final opening day cuts. I love this move for the Yankees. The Yankees need left-handed bats. They get one in Odor, who will, I imagine, thrive in Yankee Stadium because it's a better park for hitters. And Odor, although not a great consistent hitter, can hit 30 home runs. He might do that with a 140 batting average, but he will put up big power numbers. So I love the Yankees getting Odor. The two prospects they gave up, neither of those are like game-changing future stars in my eyes. But uh, Pat, what are your thoughts on the Odor trade? Well, you know, um, Texas is retaining pretty much all the salary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a boost there. Yankees get, obviously, not a mainly left-handed, a switch hitter guy. But still, they do need anybody that can hit left in that lineup. Because yes. right now, of course, Luke Voigt injured. Jay Bruce is there in as lefty, but in their normal, everyday, healthy lineup. Only guy that's ever going to bat left is Aaron Hicks, and he's a switch hitter. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, having another lefty to come off the bench is good. The upside is definitely there, although he's struggled recently. But, you know, it, it's not a bad move at all. Yeah. The next one was the Braves acquiring Orlando Arcia. This is likely a move for depth because they have no depth on that roster. They've got guys like Pablo Sandoval, who is doing very well, but I did not expect to make a major league roster to start the season. They've got Jason Kipnis. They've got some guys who really aren't, incredible guys you'd expect to see on an MLB team playing for their bench, which is interesting because the Braves have such a dynamic and incredible offense. So grabbing a guy like RC is a good move. They did give up two pretty solid pitching prospects. So I was a little bit surprised to see that in return for RC. I mean, potential and upside is kind of what RC is all about. Former top prospect. Um, I, I like the move for the Braves. It gets them another good infielder, which they're only, uh, really talented guy you'd expect to see on an MLB roster as a bench infielder is Johan Camargo at the moment. So I, I like the RCA move. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I do not like the RCA move okay. because Orlando Arcia is great defensively. That's a good move. You know, get some defense in there on the left side of the infield. No offense to Dansby, but mm-hmm. he's not the best fielder of all time, although he's okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, he, he can't hit. That's not he, necessarily true. He batted he like can't 260 hit. last year. He can't. Uh, yeah. Okay. 260 is okay. When you're Pete Alonzo and you hit 53 home runs. 260 is not bad. It's not bad, but 260 with like a 600 OPS is not good. Yeah. I mean, but you can, and that's what he does. You can obviously see why. They needed him because they don't have any depth. And when you've looked at the team to start this year, you've got guys like Ozzy Albies who are struggling. You've got guys like Marcelo Zuna who are struggling. And you can't just – oh, same with Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman's batting 111 right now. So you can't just be like, oh, let's put in Pablo Sandoval and Jason Kipnis. They'll lead us to win this division. They need guys who have the upside of Arcia. I'd rather have Kipnis and Sandoval than Arcia. Really? Yeah. All right. 
gotta disagree with you on that one. Um, You're wrong. <laughs> other news: the All Star game moved. Uh, the All Star game was moved to Colorado, which I really hope they do an exciting home run derby. Maybe even bring back some like home run derby legends, like Alonzo, if he's willing to do it. Vlad Guerrero, Aaron Judge. I doubt they will, but. A home run derby at Coors just seems like it will be amazing, especially in today's day where everyone can hit the ball 400 feet. Except for Arcia. Except for Orlando Arcia. Uh, next thing was Ty Butchery retired. Um, so, great career for Ty. Oh, boy, Ty. Yes, he had other plans than baseball, but we're big Ty fans here. Uh, Mets handed friend. Oh, geez. Mets handed Francisco Lindor a massive extension, 10 years, $341 million. Man. Pretty much right after we recorded our opening day special. So, Pat, Lindor extension. What are your thoughts and how do you like this move or not like this move? You're going to hand out 34.1 AAV per year for 10 seasons. You know, obviously, you got to expect some pretty high-level production because, I mean, I mean, that's essentially, I mean, it's $1 million more than Tati's. It's essentially what Tati's got. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, um. <laughs> I, I like, I like the move in some ways, but I also don't like it in other ways. And that's why, I don't know, because you're given a guy like Lindor, who is one of the best, if not the best, shortstop in baseball. I think Trevor Story is better, but he's in the same – shortstop's such a loaded position in the majors. He's in the same category with, like, Corey Seager and Xander Bogarts and Tatis and Trey Turner. So those guys – Lindor is a game changer. He hasn't done incredibly on the offensive side, but the Mets' defense has looked significantly better just with him in there, and the Mets' defense is abysmal, especially on the infield. And no offense to those guys, but that is not like a serviceable defense that's going to win you a lot of games. So having Lindor in there is kind of like lead that is a great thing to have. But $34 million a year for the next 10 years, that'll bring him to his age 38 season, I think, or 37 season. You're, I don't expect Lindor to be putting up like MVP potential after like the seventh year, but maybe he'll completely shock me. But I... I like the move in some ways. I don't like how much money they gave out to Lindor. I thought 10 years, 320 million was even a little bit too much. And that's just me talking. But uh, what are your thoughts on Lindor besides what I've already said, or if that's all you got? Well, really, where I see it is they signed him. That's really all that matters. Yeah. See, it's a lot of money. But mm-hmm. they signed him. They got the deal done. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted him there for 10 years. Obviously, they said no, and then they he got. They wanted him there. And they yeah. got him. Yeah, that's true. Um, now we're going to talk about. It's been a week, or a little bit over a week, for the baseball. We weren't going to do a podcast like two days into the season, so we're going to talk about. We made our updated power rankings, and you can go check our updated power rankings, our player of the week, uh, our daily recap, which are really cool and have some great images and. Uh, news to get you like keep you updated so make sure to check out our instagram page that's at double play sports 2021 but we made our updated power rankings and after one week there have been some very serious changes because some teams that we thought were going to be great haven't looked so good and some teams we thought were going to be mediocre or poor have looked really good um let's talk about some risers in our power rankings first the cincinnati reds 
Cincinnati Reds are on something else. That offense has just been incredible so far. And I, I like the Reds. I think they're five and one right now and leading the NL Central, which isn't exactly a incredible division. But you got Nick Castellanos playing an MVP level. You got Tyler Naquin just raking so far. Jonathan India's looked really good so far. Um, Mike Moustakis is looking good. So they are getting some big time productions from some big players. Nick Senzel's batting 350. Uh, and then the pitching staff. Luis Castillo hasn't been amazing, but Wade Miley looked good. Jeff Hoffman looked good. I didn't – when Sonny Gray went down, I thought this pitching staff, I'm like, okay, it's Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo has looked the weakest out of their rotation. They got guys Wade Miley and Jeff Hoffman and Tyler Mail and Jose DeLeon. So if this team can keep up the trend they're going, they'll have that division in the bag. And I, I like the Reds. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you look at that offense. Last time I checked, they were averaging about 9.2 runs per game. So I think yeah. you could you could probably throw you probably throw um like Kurt Schilling at the age he is now out on the mound and he'd figure out how to win with that team. Yeah. Yeah, no, but when people forgot, because last year there was some big hype around that offense because you're signing Moustakas, you got Suarez coming off an almost 50 home run season, and they were awful last year. They were so disappointing. They had the – Didn't score the in the lowest, playoff game. Yeah, they had the also the lowest team batting average last year. The only reason that team made the playoffs was because of those big three, Bauer. It was because Gray, of Bauer. Bauer, pitched, it was Bauer. Bauer pitched every fourth day for the last couple of weeks, and that's why they made yeah. the playoffs. Um, next team that we have rising up is the Phillies. They're five and one at the moment. They've also seen some big time production from some of their hitters like Reese Hoskins and JT Romuto. But the thing that's kind of pushed them to the point they're at right now is their pitching because Wheeler had an incredible first start. Nola's looked good so far. Zach Eflin had a great start. Chase Anderson even looked solid. So their rotation if they all pay, play or uh, continue to play at the level they are right now, could be very, very scary, especially with the Nola-Wheeler Nola combo at the beginning, which is just insane. So Phillies are looking really good. Um, any thoughts on the Phillies? I mean, what can I say? The Phillies have looked great so far. The offense looks good. The bullpen looks very good. And the mm-hmm. pitching staff, obviously, this shouldn't be that much of a surprise because you know you look at their rotation look at it last year all those guys when they're off the rotation doesn't work but when those guys are on they're they're all very very talented pitchers Mm -hmm. zach eflin when he's off is going to have about a four or five era if he's on it's going to be about two five yeah no eflin's such a interesting pitcher in that he can look like a cy young pitcher at times and then look like a fifth guy at times so I don't know Eflin's tough to get a read on but we've seen what Wheeler and Nola can do so obviously and their bullpen was the reason they missed the playoffs last year because 16 teams made the playoffs they were in the mix towards the last game of the season and they missed and they could have probably been a winning team last year but that bullpen was so bad they made some really solid underrated moves to upgrade that bullpen and they've looked good so far um that final team we had taking a big step forward is the Houston Astros, who are 6-1 and one and are first place in the AL West. They have seen some huge offensive numbers, 
especially from Carlos Correa, who's doing very well. Alex Bregman's mashing the ball. Michael Brantley's batting 538, so good to bring him back, I guess. Jordan Alvarez is doing well. Yuli Gurriel's doing well. Their offense is playing quite similar to the offense that won 107 games in 2019 because they took a huge step back last year. Most of those guys had career down years, and now they're looking a lot more like that one of the best offenses ever, which we saw in 2017, 2018, 2019. Their rotations looked great. Javier had a big bounce-back second start. Lance McCullers had a good first start. Granke's got a 138 ERA through his first 13 innings, so I guess age 37 isn't going to make a difference with him. And their bullpen, uh, they've looked good with Ryan Stanek's looked good. And their bullpen, I thought, was going to be something that really pushed them back, but it's actually looked pretty solid this year. So good for the Astros. I think they're going to win that division easily. Yeah, you know, it was a matter of time for them. You know, mm-hmm. they had the cheating thing come out before last season, then COVID, and then under 500. And then, you know, they made it to the league championship series. So, you know, I think more people should have seen this coming because, mm-hmm. you know, it, they're still the Astros. It's the same team with Springer or not, with Verlander or not. They're still very yeah. talented. So our first team that's taken a huge step backwards was the Oakland Athletics. Uh, They are one in seven. They have allowed 40 runs more than they've scored. They are, haven't looked good at all so far. I think, yeah, at the moment, their leading batter in that lineup is Ramon Laureano, who's batting 263. And you've got just stellar performances from Matt Chapman batting 148. Matt Olson batting 190. Elvis Andrews batting 071. You love to see it. Sean Murphy doesn't have a hit through his first 14 at-bats. So good work to MLB for making him the fifth best catcher in baseball. Uh, and the rotation. No one has below a 550 ERA. They just haven't been able. The bullpen's been good so far. Like, I'm looking at this team right now, and Lou Trevino's look good. Yusmeros Petit's looks good. J.B. Wendelton. But eventually that's going to struggle because they're having to come in and relieve these guys in, like, the fourth inning. So if the A's don't get their stuff together, they could finish behind the Mariners, even. Um, yeah, they just have looked awful this year. So hopefully they can turn it around, because I'm an A's fan. But, jeez, uh, they've looked bad. Yeah. Um, you know, main reason why I picked them to do so well this year is because of that bullpen. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's holding up. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Mitch Moreland had a walk-off the other day, but they beat the Dodgers. That's mm-hmm. fun. Beat the, <laughs> they beat the Dodgers when <laughs> Trevor Bauer pitched. So, you know. Yeah. He stinks. That's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not completely sold out on them yet, though. Okay. I can't count them out yet. Yeah. Uh, another team that's taken a step back so far is the Rays. They're in last place in the AL East right now. They they just haven't looked like all together because last year obviously they were uh, they won forty out of sixty games and which translates to one hundred eight in a full season. They made it all the way to the World Series and sadly lost in six. But they were a good team last year and they lose Snell, they lose Morton, but it still was a good team coming into this year. They just have they just haven't really like clicked. I don't think because there's it's still a solid roster from top to bottom. But, like, no one's just 
being like, all right, let me lead this team. Let me be a superstar and help bring them to the playoffs like Snell and Morton did, I think. So they're missing those guys. They're still getting solid production from like a Rosa Rania and Brandon Lau and Tyler Glasnow has been, oh my God, he's been good through his first two starts. Oh, 75 ERA, one run through 12 innings with 15 strikeouts. Uh, hard to do better than that. But overall, they just haven't really like clicked together as a team so far. So I think they'll be able to bounce back, but they really just haven't looked incredible this year. Yeah, you know, it, it, it has not been great for the Tampa Bay Rays so far. There's no way around that. Like you said, Glass, no pitch well. Obviously, the rotation was a little shaky going into the year with guys like Archer, Waka, and Hill. Hill has actually been pretty solid so far, but Waka got absolutely rocked in his start mm-hmm. the other day. They just got swept yeah. by Boston. You know, it was on the road. Pretty sure Miami's only one of the years against them, but, you know, team, teams get off to slow starts. It does mm-hmm. happen. These are yeah. we're talking about two teams that won their division last year right now. Yeah. So you know, you, you can't you can't ever count them out. I don't think you can. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh the final team that's taken a big step backwards so far is the Miami Marlins who went from somehow making the playoffs last year despite having for about half the season having a team of replacement players. That's I think a lot credit I think a lot of that should be credited to Don Mattingly just being an incredible manager and also just getting great production out of guys you wouldn't expect. Like Daniel Castano came out of single A and not having pitched in 2020 to have like a three-year, right? But they have not looked good at all so far. One in six. Um, they are fifth place in the NL East, which hasn't been incredible, but hasn't been poor this year. And <laughs> they're just not the only guy who's really hitting well for them. Well, they've got two guys who are hitting well. That outfield still... I think one of the best in baseball and super underrated with Dickerson, Marte, and Duvall. Duvall is not doing well at all, but Dickerson and Marte have. Uh, Jose Jesus Aguilar is doing well. But besides that, they're just getting – and it seems like they're losing – this is going to sound crazy, but they're losing games they're not playing that poorly. You know what I mean? I It sounds stupid, but they're – like Sandy Alcantara has uh, – It doesn't sound really stupid. Good, good teams lose. Yeah, Pablo Lopez has had two really good starts. Nick Meter looked really good in his first start. You know who hasn't but... looked good? Anthony Bass. Should be yeah, oh be my the God. Anthony Bass, 23-14 year in and an 0-2 record through his first three games. Two teams have two, – two games have been game of the day because teams made comebacks off of them. Yeah, no, the game yesterday uh, against the Mets, that's a – you could argue for uh, – <laughs> you could argue for if that was really – a hit by pitch that came at the pitcher's fault, but they did lose the game yesterday. And so I think they'll get it back together because I still like this Marlins team. Obviously they're missing six of Sanchez right now, but I think they'll be able to rebound. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I know I said, don't count anybody out on the last two teams, but I'm going to count the Marlins out. Okay. Out of the playoffs or just like out of being competitive this year whatsoever. Well, they can be competitive. Any team, I don't yeah, think they're going like, to make the playoffs. Like, I don't think there's any chance yeah, that they either. make the playoffs. They started one and five last year. They slipped into the playoffs. The year before that, they probably started about one and five. So I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about who's hot right now, who's not hot right now, 
players we're not going to mention are guys that are going to be our players of the day. So if you don't hear someone, you're like, what? Why aren't they in there? You'll probably hear them a minute from now. First guy that's hot is uh, Garrett Cole, doing very well to start the season. Uh, 146 ERA, 21 strikeouts through 12 innings. Um, really low whip, a 136 FIP. So, yeah, Garrett Cole's looked amazing this year. Yankees, there's not <laughs> – Yankees haven't looked incredible so far, but Cole just Cole's just been amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's expected from the second-best pitcher in baseball. So. I agree. I agree. Uh, the next guy – uh, he's 40 years old, but he's still playing like an MVP, and that's Nelson Cruz, who's batting 429 with three home runs and a 1340 OPS. And if he, like, if Nelson Cruz were just to bat 429 and hit like 70 homers this year, I don't think I'd be that surprised because just how good he is and how he's gotten so much better with age. Like, he had, he went into like his prime at age 34 with the Mariners. And since then, since he joined the Mariners in 2015, he's batted 290 and had a 935 over that seven-year period. Like, that's unheard of. You're at the stage of your career where you usually dip off, and he's just gotten better and better every year. So, I don't know. Nelson Cruz is just not human. Yeah. Um, I, 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 give me whatever he's eating for breakfast in the morning because he's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> I agree. Final guy who's hot, I was not expecting this, but Jake Arrieta. Two starts in, 2-0, 225 ERA, a lot of twos there. But no, Arietta's looks good this year. Um, I think the Cubs were a little bit surprised. They're 4-3 right now, despite having a 150-17 batting average, which is, oh my God, how do you have that when your leading batters, Chris Bryant, and most other people are batting well under 200, uh, the majority of them batting under 100. So I don't know how their offense has been that bad, but... They have gotten really good production out of Jake Arietta, and he's won them two starts so far. So good for Arietta. Uh, Cubs, it's maybe time to get a little bit worried about the offense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Arietta has been good. It's, it's, it's hard not to just love watching the guy pitch. I mean, obviously, match made in heaven, him and the Chicago Cubs. As yeah. when he's been literally anywhere else in his career, he's been arguably just awful. So. Yeah, he came with the Phillies. He was not good with them. The Orioles, I'm sure, loved having him with like a 5.30 ERA. He comes to the Cubs and he's helps lead them win a World Series after 108 years. So good for him. Another guy that's struggling, but I'm not worried about is Freddie Freeman. Uh, he's batting 111 right now, 5.82 OPS, but. When I look at Freeman and what he's done every single year, he usually doesn't get off to great starts. And this is, I guess, just another one of those years. But we've seen how he finishes years with a batting average above 295 the last five seasons and an OPS right around 9 to 1,000 every single one of those seasons. So I am not worried about Freddie Freeman whatsoever. Um, but he is off to a bit of a slow start, and so are the Braves. So I think they'll be able to bounce back. Easily. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you remember last year, but obviously, Freddie Freeman obviously had the COVID scare right before the season. Came back, he absolutely sucked. I don't know if anybody forgot about that. Beginning of last yeah. year, Freddie Freeman was atrocious, and then he won the MVP. Yeah. So I'm never worried about Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman yeah, is one no. of the best He's... pure hitters, possibly of all time. Yeah, no, Freddie Freeman's a beast. I love Freddie. I wish he wasn't on the Braves so he could be my favorite player. 
<laughs> but next move, uh, next guy who's struggling a bit so far is Francisco Lindor, um, batting two fourteen. He's not struggling defensively whatsoever. He's looked great, but he hasn't provided that offensive punch that a lot of people predicted. He's only played four games, though. I'm I'm noting these guys because we got to talk about some people who are struggling. I, I'm not worried about him whatsoever either. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, he's Francisco Lindor. It's a off year last year, this start, what are we going to do? Yeah, but in between that, his spring training was amazing. You know, yeah. he just got $341 million. When you look at him defensively, he's been amazing. The people around him, mm-hmm. with the exception of a couple plays, have been amazing defensively. Pete Alonso has yep. looked miles and miles better defensively. I don't know if that has anything to do with Lindor, but he's looked right. well, a listen. lot better defensively. I've got a bit of a theory about Alonzo, and this is this is a bit of a weird theory because you remember 2019 when he was doing so well, he was really I think inspired and motivated by Todd Frazier, who was literally like a father, including being the Todd father to him. Um, and then last year struggled a bit, but got really good once Todd Frazier was on the team. And now he's got another kind of like leader figure that's really motivational and really wants to do everything to win. In Lindor, so <laughs> I think if we just surround Pete Alonso with like eight different players that just have the motivation and the mindset of like Todd Frazier, Francisco Lindor, the Mets aren't going to lose a game because Alonso will hit like eight homers again. Yeah, you know <laughs> I see what you're thinking there. I think a big part of that though um, is Chili Davis. I think mm-hmm. oh it's, yeah, because he, obviously he's back. You know he's back there. Obviously he wasn't with mm-hmm. the team last year. Well, he was with the team, but he wasn't with the team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's a big factor for Pete. I I think he should have a good season at the plate. Uh, yeah. I, a lot of the Mets bats have gotten off to a slow start, whether that has to do with the, the late opening day or whatever. But mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll figure it out because they do, they do have a very good offense. Yeah, I agree. Final guy who's struggling, and he really struggled last year as well. Is it time to get worried about Javier Baez? He's not off to a good start. He's still one of the best defensive players in the league. But he, like, the last two years, he hasn't just done well whatsoever. Like, a 599 OPS over 60 games last year. And he's got a 699 this year, but he's batting 200. Is it time to get worried about Javi Baez? It, it might be. It very well might be. Because, obviously, MVP runner-up back in 2018 – 2019, I think uh, he was in the ballpark of like two homers. And then last year, obviously, and then this year. I don't know. I, You know, a lot of people, it's popular opinion to say he's overrated. And, you know, that that's always for a reason. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, like, opinion that isn't based somewhat off facts. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about our players of the week. We're going to do player of the week, pitcher of the week, and rookie of the week. Um, player of the week, there were a lot of guys that are off to great starts this week. And it's not – well, no, Mike Trout's doing incredibly. But that's not one of the guys that I was, like, looking at for player of the week because there are some guys you wouldn't have even expected to be in here. But the guy I eventually gave it to was Nick Castellanos. 16-10 OPS with a four thirty five batting average and four home runs. Uh it's hard to not love what Castellanos is doing so far this year. He's got the best slugging percentage, the best OPS, tied for the most homers, the most runs, the highest OPS plus, which is at 317 right now. Yep. And 26 total bases. So 
he's averaging over four total bases per game. That's just insane. Um, so, I mean, I had such high hopes for Castellanos last year, and he still hit 14 home runs over a 60-game season, but he did have a down year coming off his stint with the Cubs in 2019 where he seemed to be doing so, so well every single game. So I'm a big Castellanos fan. I'm a big fan of him this year, especially. He's looked amazing. Good for Castellanos. Congratulations on Player of the Week. Yeah, obviously he's been great. I'm a little worried, though, because the same thing happened last year. Mm-hmm. That's true. He, everybody was saying, Cassiano's MVP. He's going to win MVP. Look at the way he's hitting right after being yeah. in Chicago. But, you know, that that's why I just – I'm a little skeptical. Make okay. me a little skeptical about the entire Red offense. Although yeah, me too. I, I do I, – I mean, I just don't – I mean – like, no offense, guys. Tyler Naquin's not going to hit 30 home runs. He's not. He's off to a great start. Maybe he will. You know what? Uh, I don't know. He might. He might. He might. He's not going to, but he might. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, pitcher of the week. There were some very good pitchers this week. We talked about Garrett Cole earlier, but I had to give it to the guy who, through his first almost 14 innings this year, has not allowed a run, and that is Lance Lynn. Two starts in. He has looked amazing. Yesterday, uh, it's Friday right now, Friday the 9th, but yesterday he threw a nine, uh, obviously a nine-inning shutout where he struck out 11 and only allowed five base runners. Lance Lynn is so good when the Rangers made that trade for him. I think people kind of forgot about, like, how good he really is. And I'm looking at – I have his numbers in front of me right here. People don't really, I don't think, appreciate how good Lance Lynn is. And I'm, I keep saying that. But the last three years now, including this year, he has faced the most batters in the league every single year. And you look at his numbers. <laughs> he puts out incredible numbers. He strikes out a ton of guys. He's a Cy Young contender in most years. And then when he got traded to the White Sox, people are like, oh, the White Sox are actually overrated. Yeah, the White, so- that White Sox are not the best team in the American League. I'm like, I'm like, what? How can you call the White Sox overrated when they've only gotten better and added another top 15 starter this offseason? Good for Lance Lynn. Love to see him doing well. White Sox, if he keeps pitching like they do, have nothing to worry about. They're going to be very good. Good for Lynn. Yeah, you know, Lance Lynn, you know, yesterday, they didn't walk anybody. No. I just had five base runners. They're all hits. If you don't walk anybody, you're going to be very successful. Yeah. No matter what level of baseball you're playing at, if you don't walk anybody, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pitch well. Mm-hmm. You're gonna force people to swing, mm-hmm. which causes more strikeouts. Yeah. I.e., eleven strikeouts yesterday. Yeah. And you're gonna win. That's what you're gonna do. You're gonna put your team in a position to win. Yeah. And with an offense that the White Sox have. They're gonna win. Yeah, and that's what's gonna happen. I, I, if Lynn continues pitching, no matter how some of the other guys do, I just don't see the White Sox not having the best record in the AL. I don't know how they're gonna do in the playoffs. They don't have a ton of playoff experience because only one like postseason series with this team last year, and they didn't look incredibly great against the A's. Uh, rookie of the week. I won the first game. That is true. Rookie of the week. Lost the next two. Yeah. Rookie of the Week is on the White Sox as well. The Yerminator. The Yerminator. 
if you came into this season thinking, who the hell is Yerman Mercedes, I wouldn't blame you. He came out of nowhere. He's had some of the best six games because he had one plate appearance in 2020 with the White Sox. He did nothing. He was just there. He got one out. So I'm yeah. thinking of this as like the start of his career. Yerman Mercedes had a good spring training. He batted 277 with eight RBIs. No one really took too much of a notice to that. But, oh, my God. He's averaging two and a half hits per game. He's got 15 hits through his first six games. Batting Not to mention his 485-foot home run yesterday. Yep. Batting 556 with a 1460 OPS. Is he human? And Yerman Mercedes has looked so, so good this year. I'm so excited about him. And he's our Rookie of the Week. And to be completely honest with you, I wouldn't be that surprised if he's Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and... um Possibly the best nickname in all of baseball right now. So. Yes, I agree. I mean, the Germanator doesn't get much better than it that. It really doesn't. So the you next know, thing. Oh. Well, no, 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 nothing. <laughs> you look at him. Oh, my gosh. He doesn't. You see, the thing is, he doesn't need. Uh, the White Sox roster is so good. Mm-hmm. He, like, he pushes Andrew. Andrew Vaughn is a top five prospect in baseball. He pushes Andrew Vaughn like almost off the entire roster <laughs> just by being there. Yeah, which is insane. I, you but, know, that's what I have to say about him and just uh, a Cleve Badu also. I just want to mention him. He's been great. Yes, he has been great. And he was the runner up for rookie of the week so far. But if you look at the White Sox, I think, and this is going to sound a little bit controversial. I think they made a mistake when they signed Yasmani Grandal last offseason. Because going into that offseason, you've got James McCann, who just had an all-star season. You've got Yerman Mercedes, who batted 300 in the 2019 minor league season, and Zach Collins, who are both top prospect catchers. You sign another catcher to a big deal. You lose McCann, and now Zach Collins is stuck in the minors because you got Yerman Mercedes batting like 8,000. So, I don't know. That's just something that was running through my head the other day. I love him. You know, he's so exciting. He's so fun to watch. You think about that with the money they saved there? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. They were rumored a little bit about going after a starting pitcher. Yeah. They might have brought in a guy maybe like Trevor Bauer uh-huh. this offseason. Yeah. You know, that would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, next People thing. would also hate him less. Yeah, you really don't like Bauer now. <laughs> <laughs> the next section of our show is our new section, which is called Follower Hot Takes, where we ask you, the fans of Double Play Sports, uh, your hot takes, and then we're going to discuss them. First one, and I'm not going to tell you who they came from, because I don't want, like, if someone's got an interesting take, I don't want everyone to, like, verbally attack him. So let's start with Joe Musgrove will finish the season in the top 10 for Cy Young. And listen, Joe Musgrove had a great first start. His per nines are very scary. I like Joe Musgrove. I could see this happening. You know, that that is a hot take. That hot is steaming on fire because I love it. Because, you know, when you think about top 10 Cy Young, like, obviously it's hard. But, like, it's it's not that hard mm-hmm. to be top uh, a top 10. That's being a top 20 pitcher in baseball. Joe Musgrove has the potential to do that. Oh, absolutely. I, I like the Musgrove um, addition for the Padres at the beginning of the year. You didn't. That's okay. You can walk back and say you like him now. <laughs> I'll let you do that. But, you know, yeah, he, he, was, he was good. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be that surprised. I like, I like, the, I like that take. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, I think on a scale, would you call this a realistic hot take or an unrealistic? I said it was hot. It's a hot take. All right. I mean, like, I want to label these. Are we calling them realistic or are we calling them unrealistic? No. Hot or cold? Hot or cold. Okay, that's fair. Let's go. Musgrove, hot take. I love it. Hot. Yes. Next one. Oh, my gosh. We're talking about steaming hot. This one's like a freaking sauna. Akil Badu wins MVP. Off to a great start so far this year. Had a great spring. He's a solid bet. But at the moment, I can't see him over other guys, including another rookie, German Mercedes, but guys like Trout. Because Trout has been already so good this year. He's, yeah, I think this one a little bit cold. But I do like the idea of Akil Badu becoming like a superstar in the league. I like it. Thinking out of the box. Good move. Still cold. Yeah. Um, next one, Royals are the 2023 World Series champions. I like their young rotation of the future with Brad Keller, Brady Singer, Asa Lacey, Kyle Isbell, uh, among other guys. Bobby Witt Jr. looks like he could be a star. Whit Merrifield's been incredible this year, and they should probably lock him in if they're thinking about winning in the future. Salvador Perez, they locked him in. It's good for the future, but people forget how many of the White Sox players right now will still be there in 2023. We're not talking about the White Sox. We're talking about the Royals. But the Royals aren't better than the White Sox in 2023, as of right now, I don't think. Says who? Says the White Sox got Luis Robert still there. They got Eloy Jimenez still there. They're looking at extending Andrew Vaughn. They've got uh, Lucas Giolito. They'll probably extend him. They've got an incredible team. I think Dallas Keuchel's still there in 2023 as well, or he might leave the year before. I don't know. He's on a four- or five-year deal. Um, they're still going to have a very similar team. I think Eloy Jimenez is only going to get better. I think Luis Robert is only going to get better. I think Andrew Vaughn's only going to get better. The White Sox are only going to get better. The Royals will be a very good team in 2023, I think, but I don't think they're World Series champs. I'm calling this cold. Royals, I don't know if you know this, Royals, in their farm system, is possibly the best farm system in terms of pitching mm-hmm. in baseball right now. Yeah. Besides maybe the Tigers. Love the Tigers. Tariq Suobel, Matt Man, and Casey Myers. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. But they got Daniel Lynch. Yeah. They have Asa Lacey, who they just drafted last year. Yeah. I'm still counting Brady Singer as a prospect because he hasn't played that yeah. much. And he's still young. And what is the other guy's name? Kyle Isbell. No, he's an outfielder. The oh, pitcher. I'm dumb. Uh, Kyle Isbell's not in their rotation. Um, I don't even know. But I know who you're talking about. Let me pull that up. I know, but I have to get it. Um. Oh, he always becomes really good in that movie. The show. What's his name? That's a great way to evaluate a player. Uh, <laughs> thinking of. Uh, I feel like he's a stupid name. <laughs> oh my god! Jeez, uh, Jackson Coworth. Oh no, but him too. Yeah, no. The problem is a lot of these guys are still a few years out. And so they'll likely, if they're in the ages, what, 2023 is in a few years. Yeah, I know. But they'll likely be rookies there or just getting ready to make their debuts there. And so although I love these guys as rookies, I, I can't see them winning in 2023. I could see it in 2024, 2025. But I think. Hey, hey, you know what? Royals, my team to watch number three. I didn't say what year. Mm-hmm. 2023 World Series champs. That's a hot take. All right. Ooh, okay. Um, next one. The Braves will continue their struggle, but will have a 2019 national-style bounce back. And if you don't remember that, the Nationals got off to an abysmal start. 
and then had a comeback and won the World Series. Uh, team batting average is low so far. Freeman, Ellsby's, Ozuna, and Max Freed have all been struggling. They're still a top five team in my eyes. Panda, Pablo Sandoval, could we see him on another World Series winning team? He's got two home runs early on. I think he was batting 500 last time I checked. I like the Braves, and I think they definitely could. They just haven't looked incredible altogether so far. They've only played uh, – they had one of their games postponed against the Nats. Um, but I I could see them having 2019-style Nationals bounce back. Um, I don't think that's ha- going to happen. Okay. I think they'll just turn it around over the course of the next month. Okay. Because, you know, obviously – they're still a good team. Yeah. They still have good players. They're going to get Soroka back mm-hmm. eventually. They're they're going to be fine. Final one. Aaron Judge is overrated. No, he's not. He's, not. he's injured. People, Cold. He hasn't been, Ice. like, because he's coming back from an injury where he missed a lot of time last year after getting off. He already has a few home runs this year. Aaron Judge, he's batting, like, 364 this season. He hit the, like, 200-foot home run the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to being a Yankee. Um, I disagree with this completely. I think this is a cold take. Aaron Judge is not overrated. He hasn't. He had a few like clutch problems where he didn't come in completely clutch in the first two games, and people are like all worry instead of all rise. Like no, is the first week of baseball. Our next section is called opening day overreaction, but that is a complete overreaction. He's batting three sixty four now. Aaron Judge is still one of the best outfielders in baseball, and if he stays healthy, he's an MVP candidate. Aaron Judge is not overrated. This is a cold take. This is ice cold take. This is like ice cold Pete the Polar Bear take. Trent Grisham's activated. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, just did it. <laughs> any other thoughts on Judge being overrated, or because he's not? I already said it's cold. It's the frozen tundra of Russia. All right. Uh, next thing is our opening day overreactions. We each came up with three. Uh, Pat, you want to start us uh, with uh, your first overreaction? My first one. First one is the Philadelphia Phillies are World Series contenders. Write it down right now. Because you look at that team, look at their offense. Their offense is very good. They don't even – wait. They don't even have a center fielder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that team, that offense is very good. Yeah. I would assume that they would trade for a center fielder, even though in division it's unlikely. The guy they were looking at before, Sterling Marte, mm-hmm. might be an interesting move for them. I would love that. Their rotation, like we said earlier, we both love that. That bullpen is amazing. Connor Brogdon has been amazing. Jose Alvarado has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that Hector Neris has been very good. Hector Neris has been Sam amazing. Sam Coonrod's been amazing. Archie Bradley's been very good. Brandon Kinsler's been good. I, I like the team. Mm-hmm. World Series contenders. That's number one. I think that may be a bit of an overreaction, but... That's the point. I, I do like the take. No, I, I that's a good overreaction. I think that would be a very interesting one. My first one... Yerman Mercedes will be the best catcher in baseball in three years. Best catcher in baseball in three years. Yep. Uh, no, because Will Smith will still be playing baseball. Okay. I, I can understand Will Smith, but what Yerman Mercedes has been able to do, the reason that I was even skeptical of putting this one down is because he may transform into a DH um, because they're still going to have Yasmani Grandal in three years. But I think Yerman Mercedes is not a catcher, but he'll likely still be maybe a catcher. Will be the best catcher or maybe one of the best DHs in baseball in three years. Yeah. I don't hate it. Okay. 
your next overreaction for opening day? Brandon Nimmo is a silver slugger. Ooh. You know why he's a silver why slugger? Brandon Nimmo a silver slugger? On base percentage, it's going to be like 600. I like, are you kidding me? He gets on base every single time. Yeah. It doesn't, it, he, he, oh my gosh. He had a couple doubles the other day. And then the game before that, he had two infield singles that straight up shouldn't have been hits. He gets on base like any way he wants to. Yeah. He walks all the time. His OPS is going to be very high. It was about 800 it last year. It was 900 year. last and year. It was 900 last year. He's so underrated. He's going to win a silver slugger because his OPS is going to be like 1,000. Well, yeah. No, and he's he's, gotta... he'll hit a few home runs. He will. And he'll bat yeah. really high. He'll bat over 300. No, he's batting 429 with a 579 OPS so far. Oh, my God. I think he's the only guy in the league. I think he's leading. Uh, well, he doesn't have enough plate appearances yet because the Mets had their first series postponed against the Nationals. But, yeah, no, Brandon Nimmo could definitely, definitely be a silver slugger. He's one of the most underrated players in baseball, I think. My second hot take, and this is a ve- or overreaction, this is a big one. Uh, so, you know, in the NFL, we have some quarterbacks playing until some oh, be incredible ages. I think Nelson Cruz will play until he's at least 45. I could see Nelson Cruz playing for another five to seven years. That works. Yeah. That works because we wouldn't be that surprised. I, I, how old is he now? Forty. He's turned forty-one in like a few months. I think he'll play to like forty-three. Okay, I could see him playing a little bit longer because we haven't really had like a few years ago. We had guys like Cologne who was like forty-five, forty-six. Ichiro Suzuki played until he was in the middle of his forties. We don't see that as much at often, but Nelson Cruz with the production he puts up will have a job in baseball within the next four to five, if not more years. I think. What's your final opening day overreaction? Final opening day overreaction is this Reds offense is the greatest offense to ever step foot on a baseball. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talk about an overreaction. I mean, yeah. I, with how they've looked so far, they have looked great. <laughs> about 10 runs per game? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Tyler Naquin? Tyler Naquin is leading the league in homer? Tot. Tyler Naquin yep. was leading the league in home runs the other day. Yeah, he's still, I think, he's Ty- tied for the lead right now. Tyler Naquin, the same Tyler Naquin that was almost a backup to Bradley Zimmer on the Indians. Naquin was put on. No offense to Bradley. It's great to Yeah, no. But still, yeah, the rest of the team, Tyler Stevenson has been very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first base, Joey Votto. Joey yeah. Votto's washed. Been that was one of the good. hot takes I left out. Joey Votto's washed. It's been okay. He'll figure it out. Right. Probably not, but that's okay. Uh, Mustagas, great. Suarez, he's always good. Shortstop, who is there? They're actually playing Suarez at shortstop right now. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Who's at third? Uh, Mustakis. They're playing right now. They're going Steven. Who's at second? Oh, Senzel. Is no. Senzel at second? Okay, right now they're running with. Then where's Naquin? Okay, so the, right now they're running with Stevenson at catcher, Votto at first, Jonathan yeah. India, who's batting 476. Oh, Jonathan India. He's amazing. At second. He's amazing. They got Suarez at short, Mustakis at third, Naquin in left, Senzel in center, and Castellanos on right with guys like Barnhart, who's batting 385 off the bench. Aristides Aquino, who's bat already has two home runs early on on the bench. They've- you know what? That outfield 
is so good defensively, except for Nick Castellanos. <laughs> Nick Castellanos is like one of the worst <laughs> outfield defenders, which is so funny. It's because like Naquin's a great defender. Jesse Winker is a good defender. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, here's another overreaction. Ryan Mountcastle is the worst defensive left fielder of all time. Have you watched him chase a line because drive he's not in a the gap? Fielder. If you remember when he was coming up as a prospect, I'm just, I, yeah, he's a first baseman. It's very. Have you watched yeah, him? It's not good. He, not he, lo- he looks like he looks like a horse with two broken legs with the speed of a tortoise. Oh my God. Yeah. No. Atrocious. When he was coming up as a prospect, they had him as a first baseman, then they had him as a third baseman, then they have him as shortstop. The reason he wasn't up sooner is because they couldn't figure out what position they wanted him to play at, and left field's not the one guy. Chris Davis was too valuable to pay. Yeah. No. Chris Davis just. Superstar right there. No, put Mancini back in left field because Trey Mancini can play the outfield. Ryan Mountcastle cannot. So I don't understand why they turned the outfielder into first base and the first base into outfielder. Just leave it the way it was. Yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. But my final opening day overreaction is one that I think a lot of people will be very happy with. Mike Trout and the Angels will finally make the postseason after. Yes, they will. Angels, Phillies, postseason locks. Yeah. Write it down. Almost 10 years. No, I think it has been 10 years for the Phillies. It's been seven or eight years for the Angels the last time they made it was 2014. Mike Trout, Shoei Otani, Anthony Rendon, get ready for some primetime baseball postseason team. Shohei, MVP. Not my dark horse anymore. Not your dark horse anymore. He's your pick. Trout's now my dark dark horse MVP. Yeah, no one was thinking about that. No, it's a rare one. I think only about 98% of people put him as their American League MVP pick. Yeah, no. By the way, last thing before we wrap this up. How did Mike Trout and Tim Salmon both end up playing for the same team? That's true. That's a little bit fishy. Oh, shut up. (laughs) No, come on. Give me credit. That was good. That was good. No, this it's over. We're ending it right now. Okay. Thanks for listening. Uh, we got interviews coming out soon, so make sure to go check those out on the YouTube channel. And, yeah, thank you for listening.